1: Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Nothing But Sports with Kent Sterling for Friday, September 13th, 2019. I don't care about Friday the 13th. Doesn't matter damn to me. Today's a day like any other day. Now, am I going to open a, an umbrella indoors? No, I'm not going to do that. Why, why tempt fate? I won't do it. But Friday the 13th, I think we're all going to be okay. Um, Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. I was there today, had my teeth cleaned by the talented Cassie, Dr. Mike O'Neill. Had a look around my mouth. They said, good job. We'll see you in six months. I love those kind of dental appointments. Dr. Mike O'Neill and his staff do a wonderful job of keeping your mouth as healthy as it can possibly be. Give them a call, 317-849-2933. It's Friday, so we bring Harry onto the show. Harry, how are you doing this afternoon? Oh
2: doing terrific. I'm down here at Harry's. <laughs> it's named after me. And we're having, oh boy, we're having, we're drinking around the world in honor of the Big Easy at Epcot Center. He's going around the world with his lovely wife, Britt. And we're doing the same, Dutchie and me, except we're sitting in the same place. We're just drinking from bottles made in different countries where they can they touch one another for instance russian vodka and then polish vodka and then if we can find some we'll get some german beer and then belgian beer and then french wine or champagne as we like to you get the idea anyway that's what we're up to ready for the questions
1: yeah i sure am harry turn it loose
2: Number one, what's going to happen Sunday in Nashville between the Colts and the Titans?
1: I think the Colts get this done easy. I think they're ready. I I think that they understand that the self-inflicted wounds in Los Angeles led to their demise. I think they worked hard this week to clean it up. I really like this team. I, I like their behavior. I like that they don't make excuses. You don't hear anything about, hey, fans who slander us, blah, 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 blah. Out of the Indianapolis Colts, what you hear is, we didn't play well enough. We've got to play better. And that Darius Leonard told me that. Quentin Nelson told me that. Jacoby Brissett told everybody that. Frank Reich has said that. Everybody in the organization is committed to being better this week than they were last week. Last week wasn't good enough. They lost in overtime. They expect different in Nashville. I think that they're going to be different. And I think that the Colts win this game. And I don't think it's necessarily going to be close. I think it's going to be a double-digit win. So if you're a gambler, you see that the Colts are plus 155 on the money line, you take that and you run.
2: All right. no, you're bullish on the Colts. <laughs> or are you Coltish on the bulls anyway? Okay, number two. Will Michael Penix and Elijah Sandler Play for IU and Purdue on Saturday tomorrow.
1: First of all, it's Michael Penix, and it's Elijah Sindelar. I don't know about Elijah Sindelar. He's supposed to be a game-time decision up in West Lafayette against TCU. I don't have any feel one way or the other. I have no sourcing to dictate any feeling one way or the other. I don't know what Sindelar is going to do. Tomorrow night, they play at 7.30. They play on BTN. Be there. Be square. Watch this game. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, the Indiana game, that's a different issue. I heard from a source that I trust that Michael Penix is not only going to play not play this week, but he may not play for a while. This may be an extended injury that uh, is not going to heal itself quickly, that it's a shoulder issue, and that Penix might be on the shelf for a while. But he is, from my source, what I have heard, he will definitely not play tomorrow against Ohio State. That game at noon on Fox, Indiana, an 18-point underdog. We'll see what happens. And uh, like I said, I'm not reporting this, and I'm not sourcing it. Although I have a source, I haven't been able to confirm it, and so there it is. I don't believe that – I believe my source that Michael Penix is not going to play tomorrow afternoon in Bloomington as Ohio State visits. And wouldn't it be nice if Ohio State was not the first team right out of the gate that Indiana got to play in in Big Ten play in conference? My God, could he make this any more difficult? What what has Fred Glass done to anger Jim Delaney and the people at the Big Ten? Why is it Indiana welcoming Ohio State – in either late August or early September, now mid-September. But you get the point. Starting off against Ohio State, you're never going to have a winning record in the Big Ten. I I just think it's it's predatory, and I think it's unfair.
2: All right, so against Indiana, let me get a clarification. So Indiana plus 18, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I don't think Indiana's going to cover. I hate to say it, but I don't think it's going to be close. I mean, we've seen what's happened. You know, Ohio State in, in the opener uh, last year a couple of years ago, there you had Indiana really competing. And with five minutes left to go in the third quarter, they still had a lead. And they wound up losing by a gob in that game. And I just don't think that Indiana's got the depth to be able to continue to compete with Ohio State successfully. You might, I don't know what the spread is on the first half, but if it's anything like let's take half of 18, if it's Indiana plus nine, I think Indiana's got a good chance to cover that. But for the game plus 18, I don't think they have a great chance there.
2: All right, good stuff, as long as you're right. If you're wrong, then it was garbage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, Duchy! Get me another one which has get flagged down Herve. the he's a little fellow, so I call him Hervey, like hervey Village says hervey pour another one, tall one, on the hop. Give me a Willard Scott. You know what a Willard Scott is, Gnilres? It's a gin and tonic in a shore glass. <laughs> oh, that'll curl the hair in your toenails. Number three, should college athletes get paid? We, we all saw that SB206 business in uh, California. Should they get paid? And Tim Tebow on first take today, talking about amateurism being what's special about college football anyway should college athletes get paid
1: good question and i think there's some nuance that's really required in the response all right it's not black and white i don't believe that college football or men's college basketball should be like the nfl where people are paid to their value as employees where you know a a top running back at alabama is going to get what he gets and a backup lineman is going to get, you know, a, a couple of pennies. You know, I don't think that that's the way it ought to work. I think that athletes should get paid because they provide value, but I think they ought to be paid across the board a similar amount. All right. So, and, and that we can haggle about. What we can't haggle about is the Fair Pay for Play Act in California, and what it would mandate is that athletes at California universities would be able to govern the monetization of their likeness. Okay, so they would be able to endorse goods or services, products, and be paid for that. And I think that that ultimately is the right of all Americans, unless you have been elected to office, then you can't endorse products or, or goods or services, people. You can't do that, but I don't think that collegiate athletes should be restricted from doing that. SB 206 would keep the NCAA from enacting a rule that would govern that or strip a scholarship or any kind of privileges from a collegiate athlete who did monetize their own image and brand. I think that that ought to be the purview of the athlete and that they ought to be able to do it. I mean, if Stevie Scott or Peyton Ramsey or Michael Penix or whomever wants to, you know, tout the the beauty of Andy Moore Hondas and say, you need to go to Andy Moore, buy a Honda. I've got no problem with that if they get a few thousand bucks for that or, or whatever Andy Moore thinks that's worth. I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. For the rest of us, we get to do that, for God's sake. I've endorsed goods. Anybody in the media has sports talk guys always endorse radio people endorse i i don't find anything wrong or improper with that and so i think that student athletes ought to be able to do it now i'll say this also that we have got to stop saying you know what this kid's getting a scholarship worth sixty thousand dollars a year no 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 that's not the case because the cost of the university is the price of the desk and the food that the kid eats that's it that's what the university is out because the athletic department through transfer funds, right? They transfer the funds to cover the scholarship and the room and board for a kid. It's a pass through expense. It doesn't exist. It's a net zero for the university. All that they pay for is the desk and the food. And that's it. And the maintenance on the facilities, but they gladly do that because the facilities that the kids use to train in, that's really to provide a competitive advantage for the football team or for the men's basketball team. And that is where you generate revenue for goodness sake, and why the media rights are what they are and coming to the universities in the bulk that they do. uh, I I don't think that it's fair for the universities to get all that cash and then the kids not be able to benefit from their own likeness. I think that that's just ridiculous. And again, we've used this word a couple of times. I think it's predatory.
2: Number four, has there ever been A more perfect night for Indiana high school football.
1: You know, it's absolutely gorgeous. You've got the harvest moon, full moon tonight. It's a Friday the 13th. The weather is perfect in Central Indiana. It's going to probably be in the mid-70s by the time we get to kick off, maybe 80 degrees and you've got a bunch of rivalries tonight within the state of Indiana. Hamilton, Southeastern at Fishers, Chittard at Cathedral, Lawrence North at North Central, you've got Bloomington North at Bloomington South, Terre Haute South at Terre Haute North, Speedway at Ritter, Beach Grove at Susina, uh Warren Central at Lawrence Central, Carmel at Pike, Ben Davis at, at Center Grove, a bunch of great games all around the state and I can't encourage you enthusiastically enough get out go to a game watch kids play buy yourself a weenie a hot dog I'm talking about and a and a pop or a water and watch these kids ball out because that's what they do they've worked their whole lives these seniors for these nights and that ought to command our attention
2: Number five, oh, good milreds The Cubbies will the Cubs make the playoffs? They start a three-game set tonight, today, uh, uh, at Wrigley Field against the Pittsburgh Pirates. What do you think about the Cubs' chances to move to the postseason?
1: I don't care about the Cubs going to the postseason. I don't care about the Cubs going to the playoffs. What I care about are World Series wins. And this team is not capable of winning a World Series. What is the good of getting to October if it's going to be a short stay during that month like it was last year? That was one game and outski. I think that uh, I don't like it. And you know what? What you got to do? you got to set yourself up for a long postseason, and I don't think that the Cubs are there. They have not invested wisely. I don't think that Joe Madden has done his job at a high level this year. I don't think that the players are playing with the enthusiasm necessary to be successful. Look at them in one-run games, for God's sake. Look at them in extra inning games. They have a tough time winning those games in games that are decided by three or more runs. they got a tremendous record. When it's easy, they're happy. When it's not easy, they're not very good, and that's not, that's not a good way to roll into the postseason. Uh, the investment in Brandon Morrow, absolutely terrible, almost catastrophic. The investment in you Darvish, not great. Jason Hayward, not terribly great, although would anybody trade him even at this point after his impassioned speech during the rain delay of Game 7 back in 2016? A uh, No. We like Jason Hayward, and he's done a better job this year at hitting the baseball. Uh, Kyle Schwerber has been good this year, but the Cubs haven't invested in him. When was the last time a kid came up and really showed out for the Chicago Cubs? When was the last time they developed a pitcher? Who is that guy, right, forever and ever and ever? Really, they didn't do a bad job developing pitching, whether it was Mark Pryor, Kerry Wood, uh, Carlos Zambrano. You had a bunch of guys who were pretty good for the Cubs as pitchers and sometimes really good for the Cubs as pitchers. But position players, you know what, until this recent group, they hadn't had an all-star among their position players uh, who was homegrown in forever. Now you've got guys... But does Chris Bryant want to be a Cub long-term? Is Scott Boris going to allow him to sign a long-term contract with the Cubs if it's a fair contract and somebody else rolls up a Brinks truck? Definitely not. How about Kyle Schwarber? How about Javi Baez, Wilson Contreras? Which of these guys are you going to decide to keep or are you going to keep all of them and pay a hell of a lot of money for all of them? When do you start leveraging the value of these guys who you may not be able to keep in order to go get something better? If the Cubs don't make the wild card this year, what is the point of having the second highest payroll in baseball Right? Second highest payroll in baseball if you're not going to make the damn playoffs. Somebody's got to pay. It's definitely going to be Joe Madden. I don't think that uh, Jed Hoyer and Theo Epstein are vulnerable at this point. But at this point, if they don't make the playoffs and if they don't make a run in the playoffs, who who is safe and who should be safe? You know what I mean?
2: I. Do know what you mean, Gunnilrath. They got the three against the Pirates. They got three then against the Reds and four against the Cardinals to end their home schedule, and that will end next weekend. And if you don't win eight of those games, I don't think you have a chance. All right, back to the weekend. <laughs> Duchy. not the toes, I tell you every day. Not the toes. That That's creepy. Come on. Uh, We'll be back next week with more of me.
1: And, uh, good no I don't hey, box these stop, out, do stop. I? No, you don't. All right. Let's hear from Indianapolis Colts head coach Frank Reich about Colts injuries, about what he's looking forward to on Sunday in Tennessee, and uh, how he feels about his team right now.
0: Okay, just an update with uh, injuries. Uh, Sheard and Williams are, will both be out for the game. Uh, as far as everybody else, the injury report will be out later today. Uh, good week of practice. Uh, warm one, but a good one. It'll be warm down there on Sunday, so we're we're looking ready. Uh, we're looking forward to getting on the road, playing a tough opponent, division opponent, so guys will be tuned in and ready. Did uh, Terry practice today? You no. Know. Game time? Position uh, yeah. What... Uh, what, what?
2: From that uh, Tennessee defense,
0: uh, when you watch the tape, what is it that the first sort of sticks out? Physical. Um, they're physical. They're multiple. They do a lot of different things, um, and you know they get good pressure from a lot of guys, a lot of different ways. Are probably the three things that stick out to me right away. Frank, uh, I saw Robert Mathis on the sideline last week. Will he be traveling with you guys? And what is kind of his regular season? yeah he he's just yes he's helping out he, you know he's helping out um a little bit and so that will include being at the away games as well what do you see from the play action game i think i saw you have seven attempts from play action, which isn't much less than you had last year per game but do you want to get when marlin's rolling maybe get a little bit more chunks out of that eventually or um we definitely you know you definitely anytime you run play action you know you one of the Part of the equation of play action is hitting chunk plays. We didn't hit as many of those last week, um, but you know that those just kind of—you got to take them when they're there—and and, and uh, so always have an eye on that stuff. Um, you can't always predict how it's going to come up in the game as far as the number of calls that we had, relatively speaking to the total number of plays. It was somewhat in the norm, you know, when you only throw 27 passes um, and you consider. How many of those are third down where you're not throwing play action? Um, so it was a fairly decent spot for us, but you, we make no bones about it. That's a big part of our plan. You're talking about Tennessee's defense where they're always changing things around. You know what you're going to get. Aren't you guys offensively, that's what you want to be as well? I mean, you yeah. threw the ball to your tight ends three times, four times last week? Yeah. Is, are you going to be sort of something else each week, perhaps? Yeah, that is a good way to look at it. Yeah. Um You know, every week is its own entity. And we tell our guys that um, some weeks tight ends are going to catch a bunch of balls, other weeks may not. Um, And so we're always going to do that's a great thing when you feel like you really got a talented room and you can accentuate based of matchups and what they do schematically. It's a combination of what we do and who we are and a combination of what they do and who they are. And there's a lot of moving parts to that, but each week that's what we try to do. We try to press the right buttons um, to get the right, you know, to get the right offensive equation for us. i the line with, with Punch Man, with Deion Kane, Have you seen what... I assume he's going to have a bigger role. Have you seen what you liked as far as him
2: coming along?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've seen it the whole lot. You know, seen it really since training camp, I should say. Um, really from day one, I think he's really physically ahead of pace of what, where we even thought. You know, when he got into training camp from day one, I thought he was ahead of pace, making plays right away. So he'll have an increased role, but we, it's not going to all fall on him. We're going to spread it out amongst the guys. With Reg, how did Vinny look practice this week? He, he looked great. I mean, a day made a 64-yarder. I mean, uh, and a 60-yarder today. He was today. He was on the money. Um, yeah, he looked great.
1: Frank, uh, how would you describe Marlon Max running the style? And is he a different runner now than he was last year? Maybe in the
0: previous year? You know, I think uh, Marlon. I, I've always. Felt like his number one gift. I even remember looking at his film in college. Just thought he had great acceleration in the hole. So patient and then accelerate. Patient and accelerate. And, you know, that's a good combination. Um, to have that patience, it, you know, you got that poise, that confidence to trust the blocking scheme, to understand the blocking scheme. But then those windows close quick. And so you need to be able to accelerate up through there. And I think he has that burst to be able to do that. And then... Because of that, he can be a real – like when we run zone scheme stuff, he can be really good on the cutback stuff, on the inside zone stuff. And then when we run an outside zone, feel like he has that acceleration and thrasher style where he can be a one-cut and explode.
1: Has he evolved since no, Yeah,
0: I mean, for us, yeah. I mean, for us, yes, because – and again, I'll – I think it goes back to him being healthy the whole offseason. Because for the year before that, when we first got here, he was not. So I just think physically, he's strong. Mentally, he's stronger in the system that he knows the system, understands the system. We're good up front. I think those things have all contributed to it. Do
2: you, Frank, you have a sense of whether uh, Taekwondo could have a role for you this week? Is, he, you know, is that an option for you this week?
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, is that a good week of practice? We'll have to see, you know, how everything plays out over the next couple days. But, you know, I think he's progressed – I think he's progressed well. When when you run the ball, um, the the more carries that Marlin gets, the better. How much of that is Marlin – how much of that is the offensive line just wearing them down and taking away their will? I do think it's both. Um, I do think it's both. uh, You know, good backs like Marlin, I think, typically get like that. The more – Run, the more carries they get, the more confident they get, the more patient they get, the stronger they get. Um, But the offensive line, um, no doubt. You know, I just think I've always thought that a tired offensive line is better than a tired defensive line. Um, I just think that's, over the years, that's just been my experience. And so when you can do that offensively, wear them down, I think it starts to show up offensively. Did you ball do much today? I don't want to make too much of just seeing him out there. But they, did he participate? Um, he no, he he worked out a little bit on the side, and uh, yeah, he worked out a little bit on his side.
2: Hey, coach. On a side note, Reggie Wayne was among those on the initial list for nominees to go in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, having shared time with Reggie here. How excited are you for him to be among
0: those? So excited. I mean, yeah, I've shared shared those years here with Reggie. Got to see one of the all-time greats, a true pro. That, com- that rare, you know, th- these are Hall of Famers, right? Rare physical talent with elite mental toughness and smarts. He's the consummate pro as far as I'm concerned a great player. Um, I-, I learned a lot working with him and watching him play and now even coaching here, having him come back last year, his presence. Uh, boy, I'm just happy for him and well-deserved uh, so far.
1: Rick, sure, um, a little bit of what Chat jelly has been doing the last couple of weeks. We've seen him in the
0: building, but obviously can't Yeah, just following the rules as far as being able to be in building and, uh, you know, be in meetings and, uh, you know, just follow along. Stay mentally tuned into it um, just so that when it comes time to make a decision, uh, he's ready to go. Can you mean the decision, or will that be something Monday or Sunday night? Yeah, that'll be something. You know, that'll be something Chris and I will sit down with when it's when it's the right time.
1: All right, that's sports another other, but sports for a Friday. Join us Monday morning, Breakfast with Kent, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, 8.15 on Periscope Live. It's a show so nice, we do it twice, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Join me. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?